वेलकम टू न्यू एपिसोड ऑफ द इंडिया इंडिपेंडेंट फिल्म पॉडकास्ट दिस इज राहुल देसाई और आई एम द फिल्म क्रिटिक फॉर फिल्म कंपेनियन आई हैव विथ मी माई फ्रेंड एंड कोलीग उदय भाटिया हु इज द फिल्म क्रिटिक फॉर मिंट वीव डन वी डिड अतरंगी रे लास्ट टूगेदर पॉडकास्ट ऑन अतरंगी रे एंड वी आर बैक आफ्टर अ बिट टू डू Uh, to speak about a film that both of us quite loved and i think a lot of films loved a uh, lot of people loved uh, maggie gillenall's directorial debut the lost daughter which is based on uh, elena ferrante's novel uh, which you know i haven't read but we will get into that soon uh, it's it stars olivia colman as a, a middle aged college professor who goes to a greek island for a vacation uh, once she sees um, a uh, greek american family there she sees a mother and a daughter and she slowly but steadily sort of goes into flashbacks of her own past as a mother and this is cross cut with her experiences on the island with uh, this uh, young mother who's played by dakota johnson uh, of course it's far more complex than it sounds uh, which we will get into uh, and um, uday um, this is one of uh, the rare films first of all both of us have reviewed and secondly uh, that you have absolutely loved because i never see you normally so uh, fluent in your praise for, uh, for any kind of film. yeah um uh, first of all i apologize there might be some thudding sounds coming from uh, from my end because there's construction happening around me so listeners will have to bear with that uh yeah, yeah i i was very uh, i was very taken by the film uh, like right from the start itself i was kind of in like in 10 minutes into the film i was already sort of falling for it and uh, you of course saw it on the big screen so that must have been uh, that must have been quite an experience uh, at the red sea festival yeah 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 i did and i i think the first person i messaged after that was you because it was sort of a big screen i mean it's for sure a rare big screen experience because i knew it was going to be releasing on netflix and as you know when we go to film festivals and know that the films are coming out in a few weeks we tend to avoid them but this was just too much to resist plus it was olivia colman plus it was maggie gyllenhaal because if i don't know if you remember but uh, she had one of the shorts in that lockdown yeah and- फर्स्ट uh you know i i never really look back yeah, yeah. i uh, that that uh, that short was uh, really uh, <laughs> it was really funny whereas also kind of sad and it's a little weird and it had uh, kind of a lot of the ingredients that are there in lost daughter even though they are very different uh, films and that was just a small thing that she made for the anthology but even then it kind of um it it seemed clear that she was someone who uh, you know when she went to feature filmmaking uh, would would be uh, more than comfortable behind the camera and it's uh, really come through and i think she's adapted this herself also she doesn't have any co-writer i think it's just her adapting yes. the ferranta novel ferranti novel yes it looks like that yeah so uh, uh, tell me this first of all just before we get to the film itself yeah. 
did you find it a bit weird the circumstances of its release like the way it was sort of uh, almost dumped uh, in like a what two week period along with uh, the Jane Campion's uh, Power of the Dog and Sorrentino's Hand of God uh, and this all towards the end of the year when like big films are releasing even outside Netflix and Netflix chooses to put like three of their big art house films of the year like uh-huh. suddenly in one go I thought that was really weird and almost like you know we're gonna get this stuff out because no one will really watch it yeah I mean I sort of I'm used to it by now because I think over the last few years we've seen Netflix a bunch of these platforms dump their strongest titles towards the end of every year in a rush because of awards consideration quite clearly because yeah. this these three or four films that you mentioned are their front runners in next year's Oscar in this year's Oscars so uh, I mean it's hardly surprising Netflix tends to drop the ball as far as publicity is concerned with a lot of the strong titles the most notorious being Disciple last year if you remember at least for us it was like that yeah. it just emerged yeah. out of nowhere so this is I guess the sort of bigger scale Hollywood version of that and I wasn't surprised but I did know that you know I mean there was a sort of mental build up for a lot of people like us of course because it's our job and secondly also because you know we the date was announced uh, quite a bit in advance so in that sense I don't know what more OTT platforms can do as far as these big titles go because it's very different from these uh, theatrical releases and like you know unlike say a West Side Story or something which came out around the same time so uh, yeah I mean it was strange but you know it's par for the course nowadays yeah would you like to try and summarize the film a bit for people who haven't uh, heard it uh, it's a bit of a difficult one to summarize because it jumps back and forth and it's sort of like a fragmentary na- narrative. But um, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, a, why don't you go for it? Yeah. Doing that. No, no, I'll give you the privilege of doing that. I'm terrible at comprehension. Oh, crap. Okay. Uh, so uh, it's basically following uh, this professor, uh, uh, English, but she lives in America and she's on holiday in Greece. Her name is uh, Leda Caruso, is played by Olivia Coleman. And she's, uh, uh, she's on a sort of extended vacation there. And um, she comes across a Greek American family who are also holidaying there and sort of becomes mildly obsessed with uh, a young woman, Nina, played by Dakota Johnson and her very cranky uh, daughter. <laughs> and uh, we find out that there's good reason for that because uh, uh, Leda herself had uh, two uh, quite difficult daughters. Uh, when she was uh, young, I mean, she still has them, uh, but they were really difficult when they were young. And we uh, get to see that also because we see a younger lady in the film played by uh, Jesse Buckley. Uh, and um, the I thought one of the cleverest things was that the, when we first see Jesse Buckley in the film, it's not uh, clear who she is or how she relates to any of these characters or even that we're looking at a different uh, uh, time frame. It kind mm. of, she just sort of spliced into 
uh, these uh, into whatever's going on in the in the current times and she's uh, we we really don't know that she's a younger leader until a little bit later into the into the film which uh, which as you rightly said uh, very reminiscent of jean marc well sort of flashback memory fla- memory flashbacks is editing patterns uh, this entire non exposition sort of uh, you know uh, i mean flashbacks and the sort of uh, unfussy uh, sort of merging of timelines is 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 as you also rightly said and i think it probably reminded a lot of people of of that kind of pattern which which i also saw in arrival and a bunch of other films and i thought that was a good sort of uh, psychological device as far as you know the rest of the film goes yeah absolutely the uh, the editing really does um, does have that uh, sort of uh, quality that sort of jagged but uh, sort of almost stream of consciousness quality that you saw in uh, in in big little lies and especially in sharp objects i thought where which was just like the most boldly edited show i think i've seen yeah. on on tv uh, in years and years uh, and uh, jillian hall uses i think something similar to that but a lot more subtle i would say as in uh, it's it's just it's done only a little bit and uh, uh, but it is uh, when it happens you feel it because she she does do it really well and uh, you could literally be jumping uh decades and uh, characters in like uh, a second or, or two like you you could go back forth and back and uh, it it just makes intuitive sense uh, some of those edits which is absolutely uh, brilliant hmm. have, have you read the novel or have you did you have any idea about the book before you watched the film no 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 i i had no i haven't read any ferrante actually a lot of people have, have recommended her stuff i i haven't read any uh, any of it yeah same here so the thing is while watching the film i got this distinct feeling that this particular book may have been close to unfilmable in you know in many senses of course because it's entirely psychological a lot of it happens between two timelines in the head of the protagonist and it's also a very risky film in that sense because it's saying something not a lot of people like to hear that the, uh, that sort of mothers uh, women can be unnatural mothers and can be selfish and which you know we learn as the film progresses and which which you know due to coleman's phenomenal performance again uh, I, i think it comes out in a very different way as you might expect uh, compared to a lot of other films so i haven't read the book but i got an idea of maybe uh, uh, how maggie gillenall may have adapted something that's very difficult to film into something uh, into something that is extremely watchable this is uh, you're absolutely right on that and uh, i i think the, uh, the thing is with the just not used to seeing um reluctant mothers um not just bad mothers like not mothers who kind of give up uh, and or who have problems of their own but mothers who have who take the choice as as leda does to uh to uh, give up on her family for herself 
it's yeah. not it, it's not uh, uh, that she has like a, a drug problem or a drinking problem or something and therefore she's unable to take care of her family or there's uh, you know there are issues like that she actually wants to you know she wants to further her career and she wants to uh you know uh, ha- have an affair and uh, she goes off and does both those things and when she comes back she's she's blunt enough to say uh, later she tells uh, later tells nina that you know uh, uh, that i came back also because i was selfish i mm. you know i i missed them uh, so it's not like her coming back was her repenting it's that she was again thinking of herself it was just that now she wanted her daughters again so she came back into their life i thought that was extraordinary i, I don't remember when we see uh, and and you should see a lot of characters like that one would think but it's just not there yeah no bang on because uh, i mean even as audiences we are really conditioned to a certain kind of storytelling and character building right first of all it's in greece it's in a sort of small island and it's sort of a very sinister vibe around even though it's not really like that like it's even shot in a very weird way like we we used to seeing sunny greece in a lot of films uh, uh, here it feels like it's constantly sort of something is around the corner and and because and we are conditioned to expect something super dramatic that has happened maybe in her past and the fact that the film diffuses that entire expectation and says no she was just selfish and she admits to being selfish and she did it for herself and all along we were expecting that oh maybe she drowned her daughters or maybe she got rid of them or maybe she doesn't feel guilt uh, for losing one of them or something like that it just does not uh, it just does not sort of culminate in something as theatrical as that and i thought that was phenomenal like i i mean i it sort of exists such a such a awkward intersection between uh, feminism and motherhood that i, I just Uh, it, it's as you said you know it's it's unlike anything we've seen before because there is no motivation uh, to lida other than her own and uh, and and you know it, it, we aren't used to we are used to seeing bad mothers but not mother, reluctant mothers who just leave for the heck of it as you said absolutely i, I like that you 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 called it an anti thriller uh, in in your yeah. review and it does have that quality you know even even i had felt that you know it it was it sort of unfolds like a mystery but we don't know what the mystery is so we don't even know what is really going to be solved as in what exactly has happened uh, what are the stakes is is never really clear yeah absolutely and and you know uh, and it, it the filmmaking sort of supports that kind of feeling which is very difficult to convey say throughout an entire feature film if it's a short film you can understand but you know the way uh, sort of gillenol uh, shows a sense of control over what we don't expect and expect is is great because you know there are of course the flashbacks are long they are not short flashbacks where you just see one scene and we go back to you know older leda it's just it's almost equal screen time at some point and and uh, at the same time you're trying to see things from the older leader's perspective you're trying to sort of empathize with her but at the same time she's she's sort of pushing us at a distance or pushing us to a distance through her interactions with nina and uh, uh, you know i i one of the most uh, haunting scenes of the film for me uh, was sort of uh, you know of course that one where she um, 
she bumps into Nina at the market and helps her weather heart and then sort of breaks down while talking about her own children and just uh, is at a loss of words because she doesn't she almost senses how silly it sounds after all these years that she did something like that but at the same time she's unapologetic about doing it and i think that's profoundly good by olivia colman to convey all of that and let us read all of that uh, in a simple moment like that just through a performance and i love that all the subtext was left to the performance was left to the craft we are seeing on screen because uh, we know so well that uh, films tend to spell out things that can't be filmed and and this was that classic case because you know you you are seeing very familiar actors like ed harris and Paul Mescal, for that matter, who was in, uh, in uh, normal people right. uh, uh, just last year. So, and Peter Sarsgaard as the professor who Lida has an affair with when she's younger. So it, it just everything feels like a red herring, but it's not. Can 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 I just say also that Peter Sarsgaard between this and uh, an education <laughs> yeah. is just uh, oh yeah that's has, has just perfected the role of this sort of uh, uh, slightly pervy aesthete who seduces a younger woman is uh, I don't think anyone does it quite like him he's so fun to watch in both the films and he's such a horrible guy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that that's actually quite funny because he did remind me so much about uh, of, of his education role, and that's I think where a lot of us even noticed him in like for a longest period of time. Uh, what did you think about? Uh, I mean, I found the the score very interesting mm-hmm. because it was always there; it was omnipresent, mm-hmm. and you're not used to hearing an omnipresent score. in a film as sharp as this that's true and it was it is a little strange as in it was sort of bluesy and uh, not exactly like a not not like a symphonic score and it's not like it's not like the kind of score that a, a film like this which if it was i think set in the us it would uh, be quite like this i think it's slightly slightly different and i i think the entire film actually kind of uh, gains from the setting of it not being uh, somewhere in the us i think there is uh, uh, maybe a a pressure on filmmakers to be a bit obvious and to hit certain marks when things are uh, set there and when stories are set there and when you're working uh, outside i think there is a certain freedom that comes uh, i you just imagine this film being done as as like you know one of the uh, sundance films and uh, i i think it would have could have easily been a very different kind of film and a lot more conventional it's just some of the choices that jillian hall makes in this even the choice of uh, uh, helen lovat as the uh, cinematographer i thought was brilliant because uh, uh she's shot uh, two films that both of us uh, really like uh, uh, beach rats and uh, oh, yeah. uh, never really sometimes always uh, yeah. and uh, both of them have she she has this way of just shooting um, intimacy and uh, she yeah. lends this uh, sensuality uh, which is very much there in this film it's not even sexual it's just this sort of sensory uh feeling that she gets so you the camera gets really close to a person you start seeing textures 
uh, which mm. is uh, very different and i think it's very bold to use that in a film like this which isn't like a sexy film but somehow it feels very sensual mm. yeah no that's a good point of the cinematography i didn't actually notice uh, uh the name till i read about it uh, and and it was i mean as you said you know beach rats and never really sometimes always i uh, uh the kind of texture you're talking about with this film it sort of almost comes to a lot of viewers in hindsight especially while they're watching them and uh moments seem to be passing and then you seem to be reflecting on them maybe 10 or 15 minutes later which happened a lot with me uh in this film it's almost like i was having memories and seeing them at the same uh time even even the present portions like olivia colman's uh portions were shot like uh, uh we'd see her maybe reminiscing in her older age maybe about her that greek vacation which uh, helped her achieve catharsis so it, fe- it did feel like it was being shot through the lens of memories that someone older is having and and i felt like that metaness of her already having memories of her youth was very well done uh, did you also feel uh, like dakota johnson as nina was a spiritual sibling of her uh, uh, role in bigger splash <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's possible i, I think bigger splash was the first uh, time that i noticed her take uh, in, in any film i know she was acting before that but i never really and i, I thought she was i thought she was really good here in the sense that it's a, a bit of a cliche that role like the sort of uh, showy crass american wife on holiday uh who can't take care of her child but uh, she uh, has a very light touch something which is also true of the uh, bigger splash where uh, it's uh, she sort of doesn't seem to uh, bear down on 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 like these big emotional moments she just plays it very uh, very simply and uh, i really liked her in this i thought she was great because i expected uh, olivia colman to be great that's what happens with uh, great actors that you just expect them to be great film after film and uh, jessie buckley also uh, was fantastic i thought but uh, dakota johnson was the surprise for me in this one it's i thought she was like really uh, moving as nina uh especially when she <laughs> learns later on that uh, leda has uh, has taken uh, actually taken the doll which uh, her daughter uh, has has been looking for and has been driving her crazy about for a few days so uh, and and in that moment the scene where uh, where she just finds out her her, her anger is uh, is in is fantastic yeah that was you know that was some scene and i have i and she is very good you're right about that i do have a couple of questions about how you think the film panned out in uh in terms of its plot like of course even i had some questions uh when i was watching them uh, uh when i was watching the film and i watched it again also uh, some things weren't clear and i thought that was deliberate too uh, for example i was always under the impression that the family the american family sort of knew that uh leda of course they knew leda was weird uh, but they did also i i have a feeling they did know that she may have taken the doll because uh, ed harris sees the doll when he goes up to her apartment and uh, it isn't 
it's not really right. implied but but when they go when she goes to that dance and they are dancing together the family looks at her really weirdly like the kind of look you might uh, it's almost like animals looking at a like wolves looking at a lamb uh, and it it feels like they know something that they are not supposed to and at that same time and this is after that touching scene which i talked about earlier where uh, where lida sort of uh, where uh, nina and lida connect and and she breaks down in front of her nina actually uh, pecks her on her forehead before leaving or on her cheek before leaving and you know you feel like they've connected there but this scene is after that where they're looking at her really weirdly like they know something that she's done and it's the same because in the next scene uh sort of paul mescal is waiting below our apartment and you think that he's going to again sort of uh, maybe hold her up so it feels like there's a conspiracy around her that she may or may not be aware of and there's that sinister feeling that they know it so i found it very interesting that when uh when uh, nina uh, who's dakota johnson sort of finds out that she's taken a doll she lashes out i almost thought that she knew all along and she was maybe playing along because she's trying to understand this older woman uh, but that was an absolute shattering of my illusion too when she lashes out in a great scene also she was very good in that scene and and uh, she stabs uh, sort of uh, uh, lida before leaving and that crassness of her american sort of uh, vacationer comes out there uh, because mm-hmm. it was sort of suppressed throughout the film so yeah. did you feel that way too i uh, i didn't uh... i didn't know whether they were looking at her because they thought uh, that um, uh, they she taken the doll but there was something in their gaze that was that did feel like you know they they uh, they know something that uh, that they shouldn't and it's weird so i think yes you're right and i think jillian uh, hall did is it sets up a lot of these scenes with a sort of tension and uh, and a mystery in them which are often not resolved and i think that really keeps you on the edge as a viewer in this film uh, i i very much felt like something was going to happen in a lot of scenes in which it really doesn't happen uh, there's that scene early on where she's uh, eating in a bar and ed harris and his uh, friends are playing yeah. a game and ed harris comes up to her and he's trying to you know sort of smooth talk her a little bit and be nice mm. and she's just her normal very uh, blunt and kind of dismissive self but then she kind of goes to him and just uh, leans yeah. down and and says something uh, i think in italian and she yeah. and then just goes away and that's such a strange scene uh, again because you know it's sort of built up for you know in a different film uh, in a more typical film there would have been like a big showdown out there uh, and yeah. uh, something or something funny would have happened and the whole bar would have been uh, involved but instead it just becomes this small private moment that doesn't really uh, have any explanation to it yeah same for that scene where she uh, where she takes uh, paul mescal out to dinner and, yeah absolutely uh, you know, yeah and yeah. you you know they are having a good time they are drunk and i mean we all think we know where this will go but it just doesn't go there and and he does compliment her and she does sort of not really uh, ward off his advances in a way but you know it it doesn't go then that diffusion i felt uh, you know as the whole anti thriller thing the anti drama thing of the whole thing i found very fascinating because it it's leading it's constantly leading us down certain paths uh, uh, with, with its filmmaking with its craft and 
uh, it's almost constantly sort of judging us for also uh, expecting certain things and uh, i always like films that engage with the audiences and sort of subvert their own their preconceived notions of what a film must look like and and i think this does this film does it better than most uh, did you uh, i mean i i didn't think the ending was uh, you know the ending could have been interpreted in many ways when i saw it but i've been reading discourse and a lot of people uh, are unclear or at least want to discuss the ending what did you think about it i i mean to me i i felt like it uh, that she she might be dying by the sea to me that hmm. it seemed like that didn't seem very uh, i mean didn't seem too ambiguous that day uh, are people saying that no she's just injured or something uh i mean yeah it's 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 jury's out on that uh, some people say she's dead already uh, yeah. and the phone call is sort of her uh, just you know dreaming or whatever it is it's, mm-hmm. it's after like and mm-hmm. uh, some people say that she's fine like uh, in the sense that she's she collapsed in the night and wo- woke up with uh, uh, you know a bit of an injury and called her daughter's first thing so even mm-hmm. actually i'm not sure like i just assumed that the latter was true because i did mm-hmm. not think about her dying like in mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. sense i uh, i just thought that okay she's uh, she just called her daughter's next morning because she just had a near death experience like most of us would uh, but did you think that she's de- dying or dead by then or something i definitely didn't think of dead uh, i couldn't really so i think that when she there is blood still in the final scene like if when she's calling yeah. the daughter she looks down and her, she's bleeding still yeah so i i actually don't know i i assume that yeah maybe it's maybe she might be dying but uh, could be that it's it's just sort of uh, it's just reopened a wound but it's not so bad and i mean it is a film about reopening wounds really yeah well i mean to be honest like that metaphor sort of played out throughout the film so i didn't really think too much about the ending in that sense for me the film sort of ended the moment she drove away uh, from from yeah. the island like the moment she was going back so yeah i thought again it was classic you know jillenol sort of uh, you know being ambiguous about things which which is yeah. nice which uh, which is nice that a film like this can lead to that kind of discourse even though it's not really plot heavy it's very right. visual absolutely absolutely i, I tell me something so y- you watch a lot more olivia colman than i do simply because you've seen like a lot of her tv work and i i don't watch yeah, so yeah. many series uh, uh, i've loved her in whatever i have seen her but Uh, it's not been that much so where do you place this in her recent work i mean i she she's great in most of the work she does i think i think this is right up there in the sense uh, as far as her films go i can't really compare it to her longer form performances like in the crown or like in broadchurch for that matter broadchurch of course she is still lesser known you know she wasn't mm-hmm. the Olivia Colman that we know today she wasn't the award winning like she's won pretty much everything in the last 3 years uh, be it emmys or oscars so in that sense it was very nice to see her play second fiddle in a series like broadchurch and and the crown of course is very highly publicized and it's it's the most famous netflix series ever so i i just thought that this was a little drawer in that sense because i did not fancy the film favorite so much for which she won the oscar but i really liked her in that 
it was mm-hmm. pro- probably her most out there performance so far uh, right. but i do think that this this was something this unlocked something in her as a performer uh, uh, that she might not have located in her previous performances because they were more text and subtext and this was entirely a person sort of at odds with herself and and you don't see that a lot in say the crown or in 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 something more uh, out there like that so i i mean she's i i don't think i've seen a substandard or even a good olivia colman performance she's just been terrific in most of them and this is sort of an extension of that or so say in the next step of evolution i feel because she seems to have started late in you know uh, compared to a lot of other actresses and uh, she sort yeah. of hit the seat running and uh, i i hear uh, her new hbo series landscapers is supposed to be you know uh, as good as uh, most of her other work so i'm already you know sort of trying to download that too because i'll try to at this point i'm going to watch anything olivia colman does and and this film for me was probably mainstream not mainstream but you know like more hollywood validation than a lot of her other stuff right right yeah and it's uh, i mean i i don't know if this film is getting much awards buzz since we are in that season now yeah. but her performance is i think so she should hopefully be getting another best actress nomination at least yeah she's always going to be in the running and for awards and all but i think we're at a stage where you know i think we're just savoring a lot of work she does and i think uh, you know uh, and she is unusually prolific for someone her age you know and and that's right. uh, that's yeah. something very nice to see because she's doing television and films at once and she's not really phoning it in in any of them even though her phoning it in would still be better than a lot of other uh mm-hmm. you know sort of uh top class performances so right. uh, i'm just glad to see that it, 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 i'm just glad to see that stories are being written for her and to put her front and center be it award season or be it you know just for the sake of art itself so and i and i think this was a great combination of jillenol and her and dakota johnson and jesse buckley for that matter who i again think will be a great great actress uh over the uh, over the next few decades i think this will be her era and i'm i'm really very much looking forward to see both jillenol and buckley and even mescal for that matter sort of uh go ahead and do wonders but this is a nice little uh, combination of everyone in a very strange way that i didn't expect to see you know absolutely i think jesse buckley between this performance and uh, i'm thinking of ending things is hmm. just uh, like the, the just the kind of complexity of these two parts itself uh, is uh, is is enough uh, to kind of uh, support what you're saying that she in a we we're going to see a lot of great work from her in, in the next uh, decade or so yeah absolutely uh, is there i mean this uh, is there anything else you'd like to point out about lost daughter because Uh, yeah just a small thing so we were talking about the editing earlier it uh, i just uh, thought it was interesting that the the editor had also um, uh, done this year two other really excellent films uh, one of which uh, is uh, to- uh, todd haynes's velvet underground and oh, wow. the other is this italian film called uh, chiara 
yeah. which is also excellent. And um, I, I thought it was uh, just an outstanding year last year. Now, not this year. Mm. Uh, but uh, it's outstanding because all three films are, you can, uh, it's the editing is a really big part. Like uh, if yeah. I was, uh, I wrote about the Velvet Underground and this, yeah. and a chair I've seen, and I've mentioned the editing in all three of them because it, it is a huge uh, sort of part of the film. And, and But it's very different in all three films. Like Velvet Underground yeah. has, screens within screens and it's a lot of sort of meta textual uh, stuff happening like sound commenting on on picture one picture commenting on the other like contrast yeah. being drawn between stuff and it's very cerebral and uh, Kiara is is very straightforward it's a very intimate family film uh, sort of very jagged gangster uh, uh, narrative uh, is set in set in modern day Italy and it doesn't have the jumps back and forth in time uh, that uh, that this one uh, lost daughter has whereas lost daughter as as we've spoken has a very sort of stream of consciousness at times editing and it it's, it's very sort of elusive and uh, has that slightly unsettling quality uh, so three films edited in very different ways and all in one year so quite an uh, quite an amazing year for him yeah, wow. I'm just going through his filmography, Afonso uh, Gonzalez, and uh, I think he's uh, one of the best editors going around from the looks of it in the last decade because I'm just seeing things stand out like Carol Patterson, yeah, uh, yeah. True Detective, Beast of the Southern Wild, which was phenomenal, yeah. <laughs> and Winter's yeah. Bone. Like, that's insane. Just to have that on your... Uh, filmography so it, yeah that that's quite something actually and all very different kind of films in terms of the editing as you very rightly mentioned and uh, uh, even Velvet Underground for that matter so yeah I mean that's uh, quite a year in fact quite a decade for him yeah yeah he's uh, I, I wasn't paying much attention to him before Velvet Underground and Lost Daughter I, I just about heard of him but uh, yeah, now uh, it, he's uh, really done some astonishing work. And in Lost Daughter, I think he's just um, he's just beautiful what he has achieved with with Maggie Gyllenhaal. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, is, is there anything else? Uh, no, no, I think that's it from me. Yeah, um, same year actually. And uh, in fact, uh, talking about the film just made me want to watch it again. Uh, <laughs> And uh, I, I think I might just do that after a couple of tough weeks at Hindi cinema as usual. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's that. That sounds like a good idea. And and you know, for those who are listening, uh, if you know where to get landscapers from, which is of course Olivia Colman's new series, uh, I'd be happy to receive any tips because I, I've been dying to watch that, and I'm in desperate need to watch a good series. Uh, it's been a while, so uh, and and uh, of course as always, and you know as I said, uh, please do write to us uh, bhatia.ud@gmail.com, rawlnell.less at gmail.com if you have any suggestions, if you have any ideas of. Maybe what we should discuss in between uh, discussing 
interesting films that are actually releasing because we did do some very interesting podcast last year or last last year about do listen to them some we did a sports film podcast early on as well as a tom hanks podcast which uh, which surprisingly was two hours long but it did very a lot of people did listen to it and we did enjoy doing it i think it took us uh, took us most of our night uh, but it was very enjoyable and we'll be back soon uh, maybe discussing something interesting uh, till then stay safe and uh, uday thanks for joining me and uh, uh, we'll be back soon <laughs>